Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine having all of your ex's stuff still at your place and giving it all away. We'll get into that crazy revenge in a minute, but first, Wicked Colleague tried to frame me, so I ruined her chances of getting a promotion. Before I begin, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Brittany and I work in a studio as a media strategist. I work with technical directors, studio managers, technicians, and many more professionals. We have a lot of fun at work. It's simply one of the most serene and non-toxic environments, mostly because we're all young Gen Zers. Although we work the 8-5 to shift every non-weekend, I still love the job I do. I enjoy a challenging atmosphere where the competition isn't between you and other co-workers, but between you and yourself. We were a small corporation, and that's what my job provided for me. A safe place to challenge myself and grow my skill. At least, that was until they employed another media strategist. Her name was Victoria, and we were supposed to be partners to push visibility across all platforms. In the first week of her employment, it was my duty to put her through everything we were as a corporation and teach her role. I played a position as something like a role model or guide to her and I loved it. Victoria was also better than me but within the age range of everyone in the company, so there was no friction between us, or at least I didn't suspect any friction. We were given tasks and together we will achieve those tasks, set goals and hit those plans, plan objectives and reach them. We were a duo. The company grew further and started employing more hands in various departments. Some people who initially started with us started having interns and workers under them to train. And through our collective efforts, we would increase our chances of earning higher since we were getting more customers and clients. But one thing our boss and even me did not foresee was the change in dynamics in the operations in the office. We were a close-knit group of friends working together to achieve a common goal before. Salaries and tips were just bonuses. Our real goals were what the company goals were. But these new sets of people? They worked for pay. And that's not bad at all, but it drove competition and negativity. I secretly wished things would go back to normal, but that would be me wishing for the downfall of the company or wanting a regression. I guess I wasn't the only one who noticed the change in the dynamic. When our boss called for a meeting with all heads of department, he stated that each department had the potential of doing more than they were currently doing. Instead, he was recording individual growth. That is, more people were doing better individually, and if someone in your team was doing well, the other person in the team slacks. Therefore, there is no growth in the overall output. He asked us to brainstorm and come back to him with ideas to curb this matter. Obviously, the next Monday, the heads of the department returned with the very idea I was afraid of. Many were in support of saying that we should be paid on commission. I knew what that will drive in the workplace. An unhealthy, unbridled desire to achieve more than another person. But I didn't have a better idea or suggestions, so I kept quiet and watched the next season on working with that studio fold out. Like I predicted, everything changed. I tried to protect my little media strategy department away from the epidemic, but it was no use. Word got around, obviously, and it was announced that workers will not be getting paid on commission. It means the more work you did, the more you would get paid, and the less work you did, the less pay you received. Instead of the team working together, we have people taking on more tasks than they were capable of completing. 
At the end of the day, we would have so many incomplete jobs or jobs done in a very subpar way. Why? Because when you essentially use up all your strength and creativity to complete earlier tasks, it leaves you with close to no strength and creativity to do later jobs. I noticed the trend. People came up with far less creative ideas and did lousy jobs towards the end of the day. But when the records are taken, definitely, they would write down all they did at work that day, the good, the bad, and the ugly included. Finally, I said, enough is enough. It was time to install some level of discipline in the workplace. Discipline did not allow your grade of work to fall below a certain standard. But the nature of work we did was creative work, and then it wasn't easy to grade the level or place a standard on delivered output. So I did something brilliant. At that time, we were four working in media strategy. Two other people had joined Victoria and I, a guy named Justin and a girl named Princess. I suggested to them in a departmental meeting that whenever they were done with a job, before they turned it in, they had to pass it through at least one colleague. The colleague will play the role as an editor who will either change the script completely or make minimal edits to the work. I really liked my idea and I told them why it had to be done. Most of what we were submitting had grammatical blunders, especially in scripts. People were rushing to submit inferior jobs and then move on to the next. And this gave me too much work to do as the supervisor of the department. Like I said before, my boss created a beautiful working environment where people were free to report with every other person in a friendly manner, rather than talking to a senior citizen or someone who's your parent's mate. The age gap between workers was very minimal. This was great. This was one of the beautiful things about working there, but how I wish I knew earlier, the issues that it will open up. Unfortunately for Victoria, she was the most affected by the new rule. She had been with us longer, but Justine and Princess did far better than her. Of course, she worked faster and did more in bulk output, but when this new rule was implemented, most of her work got edited or even changed completely so that it didn't look like her original work at all. Thankfully, using Google Docs to suggest changes to written works like captions and blogs helps me to see what the original work was and what the suggested changes were. Sadly, Justine and Princess were more effective. It didn't take time before that was very obvious. As with the way human nature is, it didn't take time before she became resentful towards me, like it was my fault in the first place. The deal was that the percentage of edits you do to do a work earns you that same percentage of the pay. Hence, Victoria was earning less and less while her counterparts were gaining more and more. It was nobody's fault but hers, but she decided to take it the other way around. I sincerely believe that creativity can be learnt, so I went to her one day to try to talk to her. I told her that I recognized her efforts, and I liked them, but the reason Justin and Princess get lesser overall suggested changes, and her scripts are almost completely altered, is because of creative levels. I suggested books to improve her vocabulary. I offered courses to her, critical thinking courses too. All these just so that she could grow herself and become better at the work she did. You know what this ungrateful girl did? She began to spite me. And because of the dynamics of age in the work environment, Victoria started to think she could disrespect me by talking to me anyhow and was refusing to do the work I assigned to her. I understood that she was frustrated by everything, but there was no reason to throw a tantrum like a baby. Victoria was blatantly refusing to do work. It was enough that she was like a drawback in my department. Instead of work to keep progressing, we had to take extra time to correct her work 
Now she was being some kind of liability. She was assigned jobs to do, and we will come back to check and find it all undone. I became annoyed and found it difficult to maintain that serene environment that I was proud of in the first place. Victoria started coming to work late, taking too many breaks, missing meetings, and calling when it's too late to say she won't be able to come in for work. Of course, the studio still paid her some stipend, and I guess she was just fine with that, but instead of keeping her in the team, I was going to report her case and ask for her to be replaced. Before I did this, I went to Victoria to tell her how much she had pushed my hand. The studio had never fired a staff since we started. She was going to be the first that we will have to lay off because she was not doing her work the way it was expected of her. I gave her two weeks until I'll have to take her case up, and she assured me that she'll do it all it takes to get better. At that time in the studio, we were expanding. We had just one location before, but a new studio was being set up in another place in town. People who had proven their good works were going to be transferred to the new venue to continue working there the way they did in the first venue. The only difference was that if you were transferred, it was considered a promotion, so your pay per happy customer is increased. I was to select one of my team members to move on to the next level. Because Victoria had been with me longer, I considered her. The only issue was her motivation to work. She had to stop needing incentives to do great work, but to do great work regardless. While I was considering this, I was watching Victoria. She surprised me that day. I guess she somehow heard of the transfer, so she upped her game. That's how it is to get Victoria to work. There has to be a strong desire for her. If not, she wouldn't be putting in any effort. One of those days, I came to work and set my things on my table, and I checked what the schedule for the day was, as usual. One of my colleagues walked into my office right then and rested his back on the wall after walking in. His face was so solemn. Then he told me that the boss wanted to see me. I was shaking and scared. His face offered no reassurance. When I walked out of the office to the boss's office, I felt cold stares on me. I could not have gotten into trouble based on my work. It had to be one of my teammates because I was such an overachiever. Finally, I got into his office and saw my boss reclined on his chair. He sat up when I walked in and scratched his temple. If you know anything about body language, it means he was dealing with something he was trying so hard not to say. I couldn't believe the next words that came out of his mouth. I was being accused of misconduct in the work environment for being verbally abusive to one of my colleagues. He asked me if I knew who would have accused me of this. I told him that I had no idea because I wasn't abusive in any way. He got serious and told me that someone walked into his office just before I came in and reported me for being a bully and negatively affecting her mental health, making her to become somewhat scared of me and worse, hating coming to work. My boss took it as a serious issue because he prided the work environment being free and fun. I told him that if this person claims that I'm this way, the best thing to do was ask the people working under me. Then I found out it was Victoria that tried to frame me. My boss believed her because before, her output at work was considerably better than then. Also, in a former meeting I had with my boss, I suggested that I might need to exchange one of my staff, and I was referring to Victoria. The odds were against me. He assumed that I was being unreasonably hard on her. Victoria even told him that I was maybe jealous that she was outshining me in work. It was absolutely pathetic, but I couldn't bring myself to laugh it off. I was going to face a potential sacking. 
Finally, I asked him to bring Princess and Justine in and question them both about me and Victoria, get their response on how our behaviors towards work were, and finally, feedback on work conduct and everything else I was being accused of. He liked the idea and went ahead to do it. Then he went further to ask people from other departments about us. Luckily for me, people had really lovely things to say about me. Many people recalled nice things I did almost mindlessly for them, like when I helped a girl out in the washroom. Finally, Victoria was brought in for questioning with me. I gave my judgment on her behavior towards work, and she was there to actually agree or refute my claims. She couldn't deny any. And I mentioned how, instead of taking a matter to the boss immediately to lay her off, I went to Victoria first to talk with her about improving her work ethics. I also showed the evidence, of course, I sent to her on WhatsApp. This finally convinced my boss. He had no choice but to demote Victoria, and this was somebody I was really thinking of promoting. I recommended Justine for the role, and he got it while Victoria was moved to studio assistant. That means it was basically her duty to carry mics, wires, and speakers when they were being moved from place to place. Another worker was employed to fill her space, and I didn't have issues with the new guy at all. Eventually, everyone who worked with me were promoted, or maybe their pays were just increased. But Victoria retained her position as a studio assistant. I definitely think this is just kind of a highlight of you rise to the level of output you want to put into it. If Victoria here wanted to succeed and get promoted. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Motions and get bonuses? Then they would have cared enough to put the work in. I definitely think that's really all there is to it. Maybe they're more fit as a studio assistant. I mean, there's no expectation for them to go above and beyond or elevate their work in any way. They just gotta lug stuff around. Our next story is, I gave out all my ex-boyfriend's stuff. I gave out all my ex-boyfriend's stuff before he returned from another of his cheating escapades. 
Yes, he was hurt, but the people who received his clothes, shoes, and gadgets were certainly grateful for my good deeds. Curious about why I did that? Well, here's the background story. My ex-boyfriend is the worst cheat and manipulative person ever. He was so good at it that he managed to get me to stay with him for years. Just thinking about how much time and energy I wasted on being with him gives me a headache. I was so unfair to myself and should have left a long time before I finally did. In a way, I blame my dad for my reaction to my ex's constant disrespectful behavior. My dad and my mom are still married and to the world they have a great marriage since they've been married for over three decades. But that's not what they really had. My parents' marriage was horrible behind closed doors and it took me years to finally admit to myself that my parents didn't have anything great going on for them. My dad had fertility issues and my mom covered up for him for years. My dad even lied to his family and friends that my mom was the one with the fertility problems. And everyone praised him for being a great husband. My mom found out about the lies, but she covered up for him and acted according to the script my dad had written. They lied so much to others about the truth that they soon started lying to each other. My dad started to treat my mom badly. She actually started to think she had the problem. She told me that my dad would even threaten to leave her since they could not have kids. He said that knowing that he was the problem. After eight years of being together, my parents finally had a child. Me. All seemed to be perfect and everyone was relieved that my parents finally had a child after trying for so long. The only thing missing from their marriage. Well, they were wrong. My dad went from being a nag and trying to gaslight my mother into believing she was the problem to cheating on her with different women. He also cheated blatantly, though when I grew up and my mom and I became very close, she told me that he wasn't so blatant about his infidelity. The first two times, he apologized over and over again. I guess after the third time, he was just not bothered to hide it any longer. My mom never left him. She was a dutiful wife and still is to this day. You don't just run from problems in marriage, she said to me when I was in high school. You stay and solve them. Those words stuck with me and when I met my high school sweetheart, my ex-boyfriend, I decided that he was the person I wanted to solve all the problems with. I was on the cheerleading team in school and he played basketball for a team in another school. The two teams, mine and his, played a friendly game and that was how we met. We could not stop staring at each other. The sparks were there. I was the only girl of my race in my school's cheerleading team, so I guess I stood out for him. I have a girlfriend, was the first thing he said to me, ever. I said, what? I have a girlfriend, he repeated. I was confused and disappointed. He was charming and I'd hoped that we could make out that evening. Girls made out with cute guys for our mother teams all the time. Sometimes girls made out with other cheerleaders. I had never done it and my family's quite conservative and all, but I wanted to try it for the first time. The cute basketballer was worth it. Why are you telling me this? I asked him. He was talking to me, but his eyes were on my lips. I knew he wanted to kiss me and I wanted him to. I was a pretty girl in high school. I still look good, but in high school I looked a lot better. I just want you to remind me that I have a girlfriend in case you catch me around trying to be all flirty with you. I smiled. If you need to be reminded that you have a girlfriend, then you probably shouldn't have one. He smirked and walked back to join his team, and I could tell that half the boys on that team were checking me out. From what I saw, he was kind of a big deal. All the other boys looked at him in admiration. He was the star of the team, it seemed, and it flattered me that the it guy from another school had flirted with me. The next time I saw him was at the mall. 
He was in the men's accessory section checking out wristwatches and I was with my friends from school. One of my rich friends was looking to get her boyfriend a birthday gift and we came with her. My heart skipped a beat when I saw him. I was happy and it felt like a force outside the two of us had arranged it. You have no idea how happy I am to see you again, he said, when he spotted me and walked up to me. I just shrugged, hoping that my emotions would not betray me and show him just how much I looked forward to seeing him again too. Shall we call this fate, he asked, smiling. I was weak in the knees. Even just thinking about that day still gives me butterflies. My ex may have turned out to be scum, but I was crazy about him at the time. Do you still have a girlfriend, I asked him. He said, do you want me to? No, I whispered. I didn't exactly know what that meant, but he told me later on in our relationship that he ended his relationship with his ex that evening before we went on our first date the same evening. I was impressed at the time that he did the right thing, but it doesn't matter now because he cheated on me with the said ex numerous times. She was the first person he cheated on me with. My ex and his family lived at the far end of town, so I hardly visited him. He preferred to come over to the center of town where we could hang out with his other friends and their girlfriends and visit all the cool spots. I just wanted to be with him. The few times I'd gone to his house, he'd come over to my house to take me to his house, but that evening, I decided to surprise him. He had a bad day the day before and lost to another basketball team, so he was kind of sad. I begged my mom to let me spend the night in his parents' home and she reluctantly agreed. Not after giving me a long lecture on condoms and the dangers of being a teenage mom and made me promise never to mention it to my father. My dad, who was away on a work trip at the time, must never find out that his teenage daughter was spending the night at a boy's. My friend drove me to his house in her car and as we drove by his house, we saw him in his car. Hey, I called out to him. He looked stunned and uncomfortable. I knew something was wrong, so I jumped out of the car without waiting for my friend to park and ran to my ex's car. In the front seat with my ex was his ex-girlfriend, the one he left for me. She had been giving him something. I angrily walked back to my friend's car and ordered that she drive me off. Did you see him doing something with her? My friend asked, pointing at the ex who had just gotten out of the car and slammed the passenger's door. I told her what I had seen in the car, and she flipped. She tried to turn around and drive back to his house, but I begged her not to. I can't believe you call all these ways to make him feel better about having a crappy day, and this is how he paid you. I'd really like to give him a piece of my mind. What hurt more than anything was that he didn't even call to apologize or anything like that. My dad cheated on my mom often, but he would often apologize and put on a remorseful front. He sometimes did huge gestures like buying her flowers and playing her favorite song. I'm ashamed to admit that I called him first. I asked him why he didn't apologize or try to come after me. He said, I'm sorry, I know I messed up. I didn't even want to give you any excuses for my behavior. I was so tired that day, I was nearly depressed, and she came and offered to help? I'm sorry. I took him back, but that soon became a thing for us. My friend cut me off for constantly dealing with the same issue in my relationship. At the time, I told myself that she was the most horrible person ever, but I realized later that she was just looking out for me and herself. My boyfriend would cheat, and she would get all worked up and sorry for me, but in no time I'd go back to being with him again. That frustrated her, and I guess she decided that she was done with me. I didn't go to college despite my parents' insistence. 
It was perhaps one of the most important times when I put my foot down and refused to do what I was told. My boyfriend, however, got a scholarship to go to college. We all saw it coming since he was an excellent athlete. He graduated college and got a job as an assistant coach. We had lived apart for a long time and I was just sick of it. I wanted us to move in together. For a while, I asked and asked when I was moving in, but he gave me too many excuses. One day I told him I was done and gave him an ultimatum. Either he gives me a date for when I'd be coming over or I was leaving him. It was the first time I was determined to leave. I had made similar threats in the past, but I didn't mean any of them. I guess my boyfriend got the memo and panicked. He bought me my flight ticket immediately and I packed my stuff and hugged my parents goodbye. Living with my ex was great. It was the first time we had a place all to ourselves and I was so excited about that. Our first two months together were great, but all that joy came to a halt when I found out that my ex was sleeping with someone that worked in their establishment. She worked in the bar and I'd met her a couple of times. When I found out about it, I didn't bother talking to my ex. I was used to him cheating anyway. I went to see the woman he was cheating with and confronted her about sleeping with my man. She didn't deny it, but she didn't admit it either. I'm so embarrassed to admit that I actually threatened to harm her if she did not leave my man alone. That evening, my ex returned from work and gave me heck about what I'd done. How dare you, he yelled. He went off on me. Not once did he deny being with her or apologize for it. I yelled back at him and threatened to leave. He later swore that he did not have any kind of romantic relationship with her, and I apologized to him. He also made me apologize to her, and I did that too. I even felt terribly guilty about embarrassing the other women like that. It took a while to get over that. Months later, my ex told me about a trip he was going on. That wasn't new. My ex traveled a lot whenever his team had a game or something related. This time, however, he was leaving the country and it was going to be for two weeks. So we both planned for it. When he left, I got very bored. I didn't have a job at the time. I just took care of the home and lived for my ex. I got on his computer and saw an email from the hotel he was staying in. They had sent him an estimate of how much his stay would cost him. I was going to shut the computer down, but I noticed something. My ex had booked an executive room for two. I checked the other emails and saw it right there. He had booked a room for him and the girl I had confronted. I still could not believe my eyes. So I called another assistant coach to ask if he had spoken to my boyfriend because I couldn't reach him. No, since we had those two weeks off, I decided to spend it with my sick mother. I was shocked. That was too much, even for a habitual cheat like my ex. I felt even more stupid. My ex and his other girlfriend had taken me for a fool. It was at that point that I knew I was done with my ex. I was never going to take him back after that, but I also wanted to get back at him. My ex was one to buy designer stuff, footwear, clothes, and wristwatches. I started taking all his stuff to churches that accepted donations and charity organizations. I did that daily until his closet was darn near empty. Then I left him a note telling him to go to heck. I had no choice but to return to my parents' house. I lived with them for a year and then decided to go to college. In college, I met a teaching assistant and we got married. My ex never contacted me about his stuff nor did he get to the police. He simply did not contact me at all, and that hurt me for a long time. There was no reaction from him at all. Years later, I heard from an old friend that he was getting married to the bar girl. I just smiled knowing that he would certainly repeat the things he did to me, 
in his marriage. I mean, I think it really just kind of cements the reality of the whole situation in the fact that he didn't reach out or have any reaction. No reaction means that he clearly felt this was more than justified, you know, that they understood why it happened. At least this guy had the ability to reason, you know, after all these years of hurting somebody over and over and over and destroying their trust, yeah, maybe I deserve that. But yeah, I agree with OP. I feel for the bar girl in some way because they're definitely going to experience what OP experienced. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.